0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Okay, Amber, I know that you saw Kane Brown's Drunker Dreaming Tour when it played Nashville last week. You have to tell me everything because I wasn't there. Oh, girl, you missed out. Uh, (laughs) I know, I did. It was amazing, wasn't it?
1: Kane Live is such an experience. I always tell people, visually, he always has, like, lasers and pyro and confetti and all of these things throughout the entire show it's not like it's just at the end or for the encore or something like it is from beginning to end it's high energy Um, he sang heaven with the entire sold out Bridgestone. Oh, that was a moment. Um, he did bury me in Georgia.
0: I was going to ask because that's a new one. And I know we just added it to the country heat playlist.
1: Yes. And he's like, this is my new single. I was so pumped to hear that because this is. One of my favorite songs on the album, and I was so excited just to have that out into, into the world and have people experience that one live with fire what? on the stage. <laughs>
2: my friend's like, it's hot in here. It's day, me in that clay,
1: kind of a full circle moment watching him evolve into the cane that he is now because I remember seeing him live for the first time in Bridgestone when he opened for Florida Georgia Line and Used to Love You Sober I think was the only
0: song he had out at the time. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and it was a crazy busy weekend for Kane because he's at Bridgestone in Nashville on Friday and then Sunday he's co-hosting the CMT Music Awards with Kelsey Ballerini. So he had to jump on a plane and get down to Austin (laughs) for that.
1: Busy, busy weekend for Kane. But I know that we both agree that Kane and
0: Kelsey slayed it hosting. Absolutely. I mean, both of them have gotten so comfortable in that host spotlight I don't think we talked about this, but that performance of Kane and Caitlin, we kind of foreshadowed it on this podcast.
1: That was the first thing I thought of when I heard <laughs> that they were performing, thank God, on the show. If you missed it the first time around, Kane was center stage on Country Heat Weekly last September when his album, Different Man, came out.
0: Cain was wide open about his mental health journey. I think both of us were really kind of surprised that he wanted to go there. And he was also telling us more about Caitlin's own struggles with anxiety and how music really helps her. You know, he actually said that from the stage. Oh, wow. That's amazing. He
1: was like, you know, how many of you battling anxiety? Like my wife deals with anxiety. How many of you battle depression. I battle depression. Like he's actually pulling that into his live show now, which was, I thought was really important and really powerful because of that conversation we had with him. Like you said, we were kind of surprised that he opened up and went there, but I'm so, so glad he did. And he's continuing to do that in his live show to hear how it specifically played into their duet. Thank God. You need to listen to the interview, which we are encoring for you this week. And congratulations to the Browns who took home the top prize at the CMT Awards for Video of the Year.
0: And I think it was so cute the way that he let her have the spotlight and she is the one that gave the acceptance speech. I am. First off, I'm so nervous. Uh, This is all so new to me.
1: And when we recorded this song a year ago, I never in my life would ever think that this
0: was ever going to happen. So many good things are happening for Kane right now. Let's jump into the Country Heat time machine. We're going back to September of 2022 for a special encore of Country Heat Weekly.
3: And we'll be back with a new episode next week.
0: How's your game?
5: It's not great, but whatever. <laughs> <you>? I only <laughs> golf 15 times. Really? Total? Yeah, I just started. I played with Jake on the other day and he's mm-hmm. gone he was gone D1. And he mm-hmm. was like, if I didn't know you and you told me this is your fifteenth time, I would say you're full of shit. So I was like, okay, I'll take it. Where'd you guys nah, play? Me and Jake? <laughs> uh-huh. The worst golf course I've ever been to in my life. Excellent you it's Naren Morris. This is a Little Big Town.
4: What's up, y'all? This is Mitchell Timpany.
5: Dan and Shay. And I'm Kane Brown. My episode of Country Heat Weekly starts now.
1: Welcome to the destination for country music fans. I'm Amber Anderson in Nashville, and I'm Kelly Sutton. So much has happened since we last chatted. What a crazy busy week. I know.
0: CMA nominations came out.
1: We've got lots to discuss
0: there. Yes, we do, for sure. And Breland's album came out, along with a new art exhibit for the project. We were at this very exclusive invitation only event celebrating all of that. What an amazing
1: night that was. (laughs) It really
0: was. It was held at the National Museum for African-American
1: Music downtown, which, by the way, is an incredible place. If you don't live here in Nashville, you need to visit when you come to town. If you're a local, please make it a point
0: to stop by. It is so well done. It was a private after-hours event that Amazon Music hosted for Breland. Of course, he's our breakthrough artist this year, and I don't know if you knew the agenda ahead of time, but I arrived thinking that this was going to be like mixing and mingling and then some conversation about the album, and it was all of that, but I didn't realize until we got there that this was a whole art installation.
1: Me either. I heard them say like a visual experience, but I wasn't sure what that was going to mean, so it was like a bonus. There's this entire room off the lobby of the museum, which has been transformed into a cross-country gallery. And the really cool thing is they were really intentional about commissioning artists of color to create a piece of art for each one of the songs on the album. And of course, the new album, Cross Country, was playing throughout the space. (laughs) It was. It was such a great night. So fun to celebrate our bestie, congratulate him on his CMA nomination, Mm -hmm. and also just see so many other people there to do the same. We had Sam Hunt, Britney Spencer, Raina Roberts. And Daniel Bradbury. They were all there.
0: And his parents. You got to interview Mr. and Dr. Breland for our Family Tree segment, which everyone will hear later on in the show. I did.
1: And they were every bit as wonderful as you'd expect them to be. We had a great conversation before the event all about this crazy ride that their son is on and their own gospel career. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. They met in the Howard University Gospel Choir, and they
0: still perform today under the name One Flesh. Because... (gasps) They're married. They're one flesh. Oh my gosh, that is the <laughs> cutest. I couldn't get there early enough to join in on the interview, so I cannot wait to listen. But I did get to meet them at the party, and I think we're all one big family now.
1: Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> and Kelly, they told me about a recording that they did when Breland was 10. And of course our team went digging.
0: Their album is available on Amazon. No way. Baby Breelan is on the
1: album? Yes. (gasps) And you better believe we're going to play that for everyone. That's coming up later in the show. But before that, we've got Kane Brown stepping into the center stage spotlight.
0: His new album, Different Man, also dropped last Friday, and we had such a fun chat. I mean, I've never really spent that much time with him. It's always just been quick hits on the red carpet or saying hi at a number one party. So I really loved how much he opened up to us. It was a wide-ranging discussion about his album, Being a Girl Dad, Mental
1: Health, and all the special guests he has on this new album, including his wife, Caitlin, whom I've actually known as an artist longer than I've known Kane, dating
0: back to when we both lived in Orlando, and she was working on pop music. Yeah, she went by Caitlin J. back then, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, listen, we better get to it. First up, we're going to talk about what everyone is talking about. The CMA nominations are What's cooking This Week in Country Music. In a few minutes, we will be celebrating the 2022 CMA nominees on the Country Heat playlist. But first, we're going to talk about who didn't get nominated there were definitely some surprise nominations and some surprise snubs of course we are
1: super excited for all of the nominees it's always hard when there's just so much talent and only five spots right we definitely saw that in the female vocalist category miranda
0: carly carrie ashley mcbride and Lainey wilson got the nods love all of those ladies but to not have Marin morris and kelsey ballerini in the mix kind of seems like a crime no gabby barrett either But then again, we are so excited for Lainey. She's the most nominated artist with six chances to bring home her first CMA award.
1: One of the names I was really surprised wasn't on the list anywhere was Jimmy Allen. He's been everywhere representing country music, had another number one song, and was completely left out. I mean, what
0: more do CMA voters want? That (laughs) one was really surprising. And you could make the same argument for Kane Brown. Big hits, a VMA performance— And no nominations. In fact, the only artist of color to get a nod was Breland. And that was a shared nod in the musical event of the year. I really thought Breland would have shown up as new artist of the year. Can we talk about that category? Yes. Can we please? (laughs) Again, we love all the people in it. Cody Johnson, Parker McCollum, Lainey Wilson, Hardy. This is Hardy's second time in the category, but his debut single came out in 2019. So I feel like it's kind of a stretch for the term new.
1: And that's nothing compared to Walker Hayes. 17 years. I know. <laughs> his major label debut was in 2010, and he had his first top 10 in 2017. I wondered if we were going there. But Fancy Like was one of the biggest songs of the last year and was completely overlooked. And the only nomination Walker got was a new artist. Okay, we're going there. Yep, we are. These <laughs> awards just get so confusing sometimes. And I know a lot of it is who the big players are supporting. And obviously, people on bigger labels have an easier time of it than acts like Walker and Kelsey who are on Independence.
0: Now, on the bright side, women are well represented this year, which is not always the case. Both Carrie and Miranda got Entertainer of the Year nominations. And there are three women in contention for Album of the Year, Maren, Miranda, and Lainey. But then again, where was Carrie's nomination for Denim and Rhinestones? That album is fire. Exactly. (sighs) I mean, let's face it, Amber. We could never do a Country Heat Awards show because we would want everyone to get nominated and big sparkly trophies would be going home with all of them.
1: This is true. If you know Kelly and I, this is certainly true. Participation trophies for all. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be talking much more about the CMA Awards leading up to country music's biggest night, Wednesday, November 9th.
0: Okay, moving on. Did you see Luke Bryan announced the lineup for Crash My Playa 2023? Lionel (laughs) (laughs) Richie! I am trying to imagine Lionel performing in board shorts and a t-shirt. I mean, he's always so impeccably dressed. He usually has on like a suit. How's that going to fly in Mexico?
1: Well, I don't think we have to imagine it, Kelly, because I know you remember that Luke invited us to come down and cover the event when he was on our podcast last season.
0: I really can't think of another artist that can play stadium, go to somebody's farm and play mm-hmm. in a wheat field, yep. then go to Las Vegas, then go to Mexico, which we still haven't been invited to, by the way. We've been what? trying to I get an invite. Who, yeah.
1: We've been trying to get an well, invite.
4: This so, is your invite.
0: Thank you. Everybody heard it? It? Everybody's taping that? Good. Okay. Please lock that audio in a vault where nothing can ever happen to it. Because we need to hold him to it. The lineup this year is insane. It's a four-night event in Riviera, Maya, Mexico. Luke performs two of the nights. He's bringing out Lionel with him one of those nights. Chris Stapleton and Cole Swindell each headline a night. And, of course, Dustin Lynch is back with his pool party.
4: Playa's is uh, legendary, to Mm -hmm. say the least. I mean, it's an unbelievable party. It's so loose. All the fans are very forgiving down there. So they let us just get up there and have fun and goof off. And, and we kind of get to go back to, you know, Luke got his start playing hockey talks and uh, the, those, those club circuit days. We kind of get to go back there and pull um, from that song catalog and just have fun with it.
1: Carly Pierce and Ashley McBride are there along with Brian Kelly, Dylan Scott, and Chase Rice with more artists to be announced. Carly is getting lots of stamps on her passport these days. I mean, she's been touring Europe. Oh, I've been stalking her Instagram pics. She's been all over Switzerland, Germany, the Netherlands. This weekend, she wraps up some UK dates and then heads to Ireland. I hope she's still
0: able to do the shows in England. I'm not sure what the rules are when the country's in mourning. I checked, and as of today, the shows are still on. Carly just missed Garth, who played five shows in Dublin's Croke Park. I think all of Ireland was there, the stage, the crowd. It was just massive. They
1: love Garth there.
0: Didn't he do a TV special from Ireland back in the day? He did, to Ireland and back. And he tried to go back in 2014. They had everything scheduled. And then there was this big ruckus with the stadium neighbors and everything got canceled. But not only did he get to go back, he brought the TV cameras with him.
4: They're doing a documentary on the whole thing because anybody that's been along this ride understands what 2014 meant to all of us. We were going to start it in Croke Park and we just got a surprise and all five shows got wiped out. Never thought I'd ever get to play Ireland again. Then came the opportunity, very sweet of them, to call and go, hey, they didn't get to finish the sentence. I said, yes, thank you, God.
1: Next week, we're going to check in with a fan who came in from Switzerland for three of the shows. We just have to figure out the time zone situation. Panning Out International Edition. The Heat Index is where we focus on some of the hottest tunes on the Country Heat playlist, which you
0: find exclusively on Amazon Music. This is Amazon's flagship playlist. Like, it's the one they put up on billboards in Times Square. It's kind of a big deal. So it's no surprise that we find so many CMAs on there. I love it.
1: Okay, quiz time, Kelly. Can you name which two CMA nominees have a song together
0: on the playlist right now? I think I can. No, wait, hold on. I think there, wait, there are two songs like that, aren't there? There is. <laughs>
1: You're good. It was a trick question. And I think in both cases, they compete against each other in at least one category. So first up, we have Wait in the Truck from Hardy and Lainey Wilson, both nominees for New Artist of the Year. But I knew-
0: Separately, they are nominated in the Musical Event of the Year category, but I'm just going to go out and predict that next year they might be there together. This song is dark and the video is pretty incredible. I'm really here for it. There is a message with this song for sure. Absolutely. The other double nominee duet is Luke Combs and Miranda Lambert, Outrunning Your Memory. Ooh, they compete against each other in some big categories. Yeah, they're both triple nominees. They go head to head in Album of the Year and Entertainer of the Year. And they're in the same record label group. So it's going to be very interesting to see where the votes go. I do love that song so
1: much, though. I do, too. I listen to it all the time. We have to shout out our girl Carly Pierce and her five nominations. The reigning CMA Female Vocalist of the Year is nominated again, along with a bunch of nominations for her duet with Ashley McBride. She's on the playlist with What He Didn't Do.
0: I heard her sing this at the Opry recently. It is such a good song, especially live. And it was produced by her fellow five-time CMA nominee. You may know him, Amber. Shane McAnally.
1: So proud. (laughs) So proud of the boss man. He works so hard. He has so much love for these artists. He works with such a talent in this town. And he is traveling abroad with his family. And I know that they were celebrating overseas.
0: So I know he's really excited. I saw that he posted, if I knew I was going to get five CMA nominations, I would leave the country a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay, the cover star for the Country Heat playlist this week is Kane Brown, who will be here in minutes to chat about the song that kicks off the playlist, Thank God. And future podcast guests Kelsey Ballerini and Little Big Town also have songs on the playlist. Check it out exclusively on Amazon Music. (coughs) to go to the break. But first, I am going to read you this quote from one of the artists on the Country Heat playlist. And you guys get to guess who said that. And then when we get back from the break, we'll play the audio and see if you were right. This week's quote is, the idea of it is very kind. It just has a tinge of
1: murder. Just a tinge, y'all. Just a tinge. Can you guess who said that? And what on earth are they talking about? (laughs) Hear it for yourself when Country Heat Weekly returns.
5: Hey everybody, this is Blake Shelton. I'm Thomas Shred. We're We're Old Dominion. This is
3: Mickey Guyton. Country Heat Weekly will be right back. This episode is brought to you
5: by Huggies Little
3: Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. That's why Huggies is the number one best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit and 12-hour protection against leaks. No matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your baby's mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Get your baby butt in the best-fitting diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby.
1: It's a thoughtful way to celebrate their accomplishments and make the occasion even more special. Visit MMS.com to create your own personalized gifts and party favors for graduations, weddings, birthdays, and more. That's MMS.com. Use code WONDERY to receive 15% off your next order. Okay, it's time to tell you who said that. The, The idea of it is very
0: kind, but it just has like a tinge of murder. Kelsey Ballerini. (laughs) That's a little sneak peek from our upcoming interview with her. She's going to be on the podcast the week after her album drops. Should
1: we explain the whole murder thing to everyone?
0: Nope. They just have to wait (laughs) for her episode to drop. That's happening September 29th.
1: Today's guest continues to prove that his strength and resilience is no match for all of the difficult things life has thrown at him. The following year, he made chart history when he became the first artist to top Billboard's five country charts simultaneously.
0: Now, he can proudly say he has earned seven number one hits. With a fan base that spans the globe, Kane is taking his music worldwide. His Drunker dreaming tour heads down under next week. Before it's all done, Kane will perform in Australia, New Zealand, the UK, Europe, and Canada. He's joining us in the studio today to talk a bit about life at home with his wife,
1: Caitlin, and their two daughters, Kingsley Rose and Cody Jane. And of course, we're going to get into his third studio album, Different Man, which features his most recent chart topper, Like I Love Country
5: Music.
0: Welcome, Kane Brown, to Country Heat Weekly. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. We'll get to the music, Mm -hmm. but we want to talk about the babies. How are they doing?
5: Amazing. Amazing. Yes. Uh, yeah, Cody's getting so big, super strong. If she gets a hold of your hair, you're not getting it back. <laughs> and then Kingsley is starting to just full sentences, like, talk to you. So it's cool.
1: Well, we know she, she was really embracing the big sister role.
5: Mm-hmm. Oh, is she yeah. still... Oh, yeah. Oh, baby Cody. Oh. Yeah.
0: Did you ever picture yourself as a girl dad, though?
5: I did and I didn't. I was raised by all girls, so I had it coming. But, uh... No, I was hoping for a boy, but now that I have girls, I'm, I'm cool with it.
1: They're so cute. Okay, we're going to get to music now. Yeah. The title of the album is Different Man. We have to believe that fatherhood has made you a different man. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In what ways?
5: I just don't care what people think anymore. You know, it's all about them now. Mm-hmm. So I used to always worry about what people were going to think about me or my music. And now it's just like, I'm just having fun.
0: Yeah. You know what? That's so freeing in a way because mm-hmm. that lets you— really shake off all the expectations, the worries. I mean, it's been four years since we've had an album. So if you were in your head about that, instead of thinking, I'm just going to put out fun music and I'm loving my family and where I am right now, it'd be a different vibe.
5: Yeah, which too. Also, you have to figure, like, I have to love these songs because if I don't, like, if I'm trying to please everybody else and I don't like the songs, I got to perform them the rest of my life, Mm -hmm. you know, however long my career goes. And also, I feel like I'm way more comfortable on stage, you know, I, w- I know how I want to perform, and used to, I was just like the little scared kid that just stood behind the microphone, so I'm running around now.
1: I was at your show in Chattanooga. You do not just stand behind the microphone. <laughs> yeah. If you guys have not seen Kane live, please go see him live. I mean, I'm telling you. And then also I had friends at your show in Orlando and they called me right after and they were like, oh, my gosh, this is one of the best shows I have ever been to. Like they it's just a good time top to bottom. I feel like you really lean into that performer role Mm -hmm. and you take that very seriously. And as country fans, we we love it.
0: We love your music and we love that live show. Thank you. How do you get hyped up before you go out on stage?
5: Well, definitely—so I, I haven't even really talked about this yet, but I have this drink that I, we're coming out with that's actually already mm-hmm. out in, like, up north. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, like, my go-to, and it gives me, like, just right.
0: <laughs> what the—okay, right. tell us the drink. Give us the drink.
5: Yeah. Uh, it's called Dewey Crush. Okay. It's Basically, like, vodka and then fruit juice. No sugar or anything like that. We just got the license for Tennessee, so it'll be coming here soon.
0: All right, so a Dewey Crush. Yeah,
5: definitely Dewey Crush. Then
0: what are you listening to that, like, just gets your energy going?
5: Um. Well— I always go off of the loud song. So I won't have the same loud song for different places. Like I always usually, I watch every show, every performer before me, and I try and fill the crowd out. And so then I'll be like, this is the loud song I want tonight. And if we play it and the crowd, which they usually do, is just loses their mind, it just pumps me up even more when I'm about to come out.
0: So that's like that's like your walk-on music.
5: Yeah. Okay. It's like I'm walking out.
0: What are a few of the songs that you have like in that rotation?
5: Uh, like she was saying in Chattanooga, because it was my hometown, I, I did uh, started from the bottom. Now we're here, <sighs> and the place just lost their minds. Lost their minds, yeah. including us. Like I played in um, U-, U Utip, El Paso. There's Hispanics there. Yes. So I came out to Bad Bunny, and they lost their mind. But my it was goodness. like it was. But it was oh, no. also cool to think about. Like okay, they're coming to. A country concert, they're listening or they're singing every song to Bad Bunny. So there was you know, there was Hispanics here. So I started talking Spanish when I was on stage a little bit that I know. So it was just it was a fun vibe.
0: You know, let's talk about how your sound has evolved because now you've got songs that are like whiskey sour, which I the first time I heard it, I was like, oh my gosh, have he you did, heard he I came, came right into her. I'm like, have you heard whiskey sour? It's so good. One Mississippi, like I love country music. I mean, you're definitely leaning more into that country mm. vibe, that maybe that nineties country yeah. vibe. Was that intentional or were you just starting to find yourself writing more in that direction or finding songs that were more in that direction?
5: Well, that was going back to the point where I was like, I was always worried about what people thought. I was tired of hearing the The country comments, which every artist in Nashville hears. Right. So I was like, I'm just going to lean more towards that. So we have a lot of songs like that on the album, and they're so fun to play live. But I also, when The Different Man hit, I was like, screw it, I'm going to throw Grand on here. (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) throw a C like I do on here. And so there's, you know, it's just all over the place, but I like it. I feel like it all fits together.
1: So let's talk about Like I Love Country Music. Rumor has it, so you wrote this in 2019? Yeah. Did you... Put it And you put it to the side. What made you come back to this song?
5: So I was going, we were trying to, you know, f- find songs for the album. And I have so many more that... The thing is, I store all my songs on my phones. And then when you go through phones and you don't know where those other phones are, there's so many songs that I've forgotten about that I probably would have put on a record. But Like I Love Country Music was one of them. And I was in love with the demo. And then we mastered it. And I just kind of lost all passion for it. I didn't know what it was. So then... Two years passed, I listened to the demo again and it just hit different. Like the first time that I listened to it back. And I just realized that we were missing the halftime.
4: Mm-hmm. So
5: I went back to Dan and told him, I was like, dude, just put a halftime on this and make it more a little more rocking than what it was when he first mastered it. And then he just like hit it on the nail. Yeah. I'm a brand new man. Ooh, I'm a brand new man. Yes, I am, baby.
0: You got Brooks and Dunn on here. How did that happen?
5: I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think I think Dan reached out. Uh, but it was really cool because to me it's like more powerful because they didn't sing like a whole verse or a whole chorus. They literally sang uh, like a line of peace. And they literally went into the studio for it. We didn't have to take it off the brand new man. And I don't know. I just feel like that was such so strong.
0: You keep saying Dan. You're talking about Dan Huff. Dan Huff, yeah. Incredible producer. Incredible producer. Yes. <laughs> also looks like Harrison Ford.
5: I don't know what Harrison Ford looks like. <laughs> yes, you do.
0: <laughs> Indiana Jones.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah. Doesn't he? Yeah. He does. A little bit.
0: I, was, I always say that to him when I see him. <laughs> <laughs> what do
1: you love most about country music? If you could pick
5: something. Um Definitely the fan base. I love, I mean, like going back, I, I'm a huge 90s fan. I love the, the songwriting, which I wish I could get more into like the story stories they're just so hard to write (laughs) and there's so many stories have already been told but yeah i just love i don't know i feel like everybody to me is kind of like family usually everybody i hit up there will they'll come over i'll go over to their house and i feel like if you get in any other genre like you have to be the top artist to hang out with the top artists and here we're we're Hanging out with newcomers, Mm -hmm. legends, whatever. That's what I love about it.
0: Okay, so back at the ACM Awards in the spring, you told us that you had a secret weapon Mm -hmm. on this album coming out later this year. So when I heard, like I love country music, and I heard Brooks and Dunn, I'm like, oh, that's got to be the secret weapon. But then at CMA Fest, you told us, no, that's not it. So now we have the full track listing, and we see that you've got a collaboration on here with Blake. Mm -hmm. You also have a collaboration on here with your wife. Which one is the secret weapon?
5: Well, Blake just happened recently. Okay. The secret secret weapon was my wife, though.
1: That is the correct answer, by the way. (laughs) That's awesome. Everybody's been waiting for this one, I feel like.
5: Yeah, my fans have been asking for five years for us to do something. And I to me, I think that's going to be the biggest song on the album, just not only because it's a great song and Caitlyn sounds amazing, and but I just think because of the fan base, and then I know the media is going to get a hold of it, and then radio's already been asking for it. So I just think the outlets is going to hit. I told her, I was like, you better hold on, babe.
1: Mm-hmm. I was
5: like, you're going to have to do this at award show. She's like, no. She thought she was just going to have a song that was just, you know, just on the record, like a cute thing.
1: But no, you're <laughs> no. like buckle up. So, Here yeah. we go. So thank God is the name of the duet with mm-hmm. Caitlin. Was it hard to get her to do it? Even if it was going to be like just a little like KC oh, no. song? she no, was, she, 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 she
5: yeah, she's always that's her favorite thing to do is sing. Mm-hmm. She goes through such bad anxiety that when she's singing, she doesn't ever really have it. So she's I mean, I hear her sing all the time to our kids, and it's like she has a gift. Thank God you love me when.
0: Okay, so do tell us about the duet with Blake, because I want to hear about that. Do you know Blake very well? How'd it come about?
5: Uh, so me and Blake, we started our, like, I guess I, I hope we're friends, Blake, um, <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on The Voice. I was a mentor, mm-hmm. uh, that's, like, the first time that I actually met him and talked to him and thought he was funny. Uh, but you know me, like, I'm really quiet, so if I meet you for the first time, like, I'm not really saying much. And that's what he keeps telling everybody. He's like, there's a tornado coming, man. Kane's going to be the last one out of the room. <laughs> it's like, he's so damn chill. He don't say nothing. So uh, so then we did this thing came coming up that hasn't came out yet, so I can't really talk about it. But I was really excited for that. And so you'll see me opening up to Blake and just picking on him and, and us just, you know, kind of warming up to each other. Um, and then when I heard this song, immediately thought of Blake just because of God's country. Just mm-hmm. the way he's going with that, I thought it was perfect for him. And he got back to me in like 30 minutes and jumped on it.
4: What if I was made for the stage? What if I was made for the
5: lights? What if I was chosen to write the stories? Wasn't big to work the
0: Okay, so let's talk about grand which is something that we're big on here manifesting Yes, we and there's we are. so much in the lyrics of this song that just like I see it all I saw it all in my head mm. Talk to us about the song how it came about and why it. you decided that this needed to be more pop because I could see where you could make it country Ain't like
5: grand Only ones I keep around me is my fam No coincidence it's always been the plan I was going in. I was in L.A. and I was supposed to be leaving that day. And they told me that they could get Mike Posner in a room with my buddy Cam Alexander, which I thought was super dope. And so we all went in like both of these guys are. Cam is very like earthy, chills, smoker. Life is great. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you got Mike Posner. That's just a ball of sunshine in the room that just <laughs> knows who he is. And he's just happy like all the time. So there was no negativity in the room looking at the story of the song is I was in a very bad place during quarantine, like when all that happened. Like I can't do shows, not releasing music. I can't write anything because I'm not having conversations with anybody. There's nothing striking me. We had Zoom calls that were so lame. So I was just in a very bad spot. And then when we got in there, he already had Ain't Life Grant on on the track. So I just started talking about how I got into music. Like I saw it in my head, started doing the covers. And then I basically just got out of this bad headspace and start thinking about my family and my wife and how grateful I was to be where I'm at now and living. And then my daughters had a pool to swim in and all this stuff. So I was just like, life's grand, you know?
1: I would have loved to be in the room that day. Yeah. It's like warm and fuzzy.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, you know, you just talked about something and I think a lot of people have been way more open about talking about mental health and what we've been through collectively as mm-hmm. a nation. I think a lot of people were kind of in that same boat. You know, mm-hmm. everybody felt isolated. We all felt alone. And you've made it a point to discuss mental health and talk about that. Why has that been so important for you to discuss?
5: I think because I'm starting to figure out how to solve mine. Like my depression, I haven't really been depressed as much lately. And if I do, I kind of found out, found out how to get out of it. And then my wife goes through bad anxiety. So we're like perfect for each other. Um, (laughs) So she's like, I'm always having to try and do my best to understand her or calm her down. And she's been trying like everything to fix like her anxiety. And I know it's so bad that there's so many other people out there that also have it. Basically tell people they're not in this by themselves. Yeah. just stay strong and find out what takes you out of that headspace.
1: That's so important too, mm-hmm. because you do have such a platform to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people obviously look to you guys and they see everything that you have going on, and it's just kind of like everything's fine, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but it's like you are real people oh, <laughs> with yeah. real struggles. You've, you know, you've got a family, you're on the road, you've mm-hmm. got all right. of these pressures and stuff. So I just think it's that much more important you know we talked to Brett Eldridge a little bit about that too like his whole mental health journey and I just love seeing more and more artists opening up about those things Yeah, it's super super important
5: it's crazy because a lot of people like they'll come up to me and it's hard especially as an artist I always say this but I don't think people really understand it's like when we're out in public like we always have to be super happy and they'll come over and take you could be going through the worst day of your life but people expect you to be nice because Mm -hmm. if you're not they're going to go back and tell other people and it's going to spread came was a dickhead or whatever Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm trying to get out of it, just so I'm always like a perky person.
1: (laughs) I love it. Okay, one of the other things that we are really passionate about here at Country Heat Weekly is building a table big enough for everyone. Every country music fan, no matter the color of their skin, their religion, sexuality. If you want to sing country music, if you want to enjoy country music, there's a place for you. So can you talk about the changes that you've seen personally in Nashville as it's opening up a little bit more? to artists of color. Yeah. Like how that's looked for you.
5: Um, I think it's awesome. Um, You know, when I was coming in, I don't don't really think, I mean, I think it was still the me, Darius Rucker and and Jimmy Allen stage. Mm -hmm. And now it's like everywhere I look, you know, the people that I've seen reach out to me. I'm like, oh, look, they're on this (laughs) podcast or um, it's just so cool to mm-hmm. see. Doors are just opening and, and you know, everybody, I mean, anybody can sing the music, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And representation matters so much. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot here. And, you know, being a person of color in the genre myself, I have seen like when I show up to shows, I'm no longer like the only one there, mm-hmm. which is, you know, to me, a huge deal. Like I'll look around and go, oh my gosh, this is, this is great. And I think you have had so much to do with that. Um, cause I remember I had, I think I told them, like I have family members who would see you on TV mm. and they would be like, I need to know everything about Kane Brown. <laughs> like I need to know everything about him. I love him. So I just, I mean, and I think that is just purely like representation off the top. And mm. then they're like, oh, and then they hear your music and then they're like, okay, I need, you know, I'm in now. So that's just, I feel like such an important role. I know that's probably heavy role too because that's not your responsibility
5: well I tell everybody all the time because I'm not really big on like politics which I throw this into politics Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of people tell me they're like you need to to speak out on it and all this stuff and I'm like no nobody really spoke out for me like you know I just I broke in myself and like if you come to my shows you have you know, any kind of race there, like, everybody's welcome. I mean, I love when I see, you know, black people out there with cowboy hats on. I'm like, let's go, dude. You <laughs> yeah. know? I'm not wearing that, but <laughs> whatever. Um but it's, it's just, it's so cool. And just to see it open it up and that's the only thing I, I always say, I do it through my shows and through my music, mm-hmm. like, cause right. people are going to see my face. Yeah. Um, and then a kid hopefully sees it and he's like, I can do that.
0: It's so important. Yeah. So where do you hope to see country music expand even more? Like, what are you seeing now that gives you, you know, excitement that makes you excited about where country music is headed and, and where are you hoping that we continue to expand?
5: I just hope country music gets bigger. You know, because I'm, I'm tired of people saying like, I mean, there's so many people like I read a lot of reviews, which I know I should not, but mm. I do. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a lot of people out there. that's like the first thing, I don't care which artist it is. They'll be like, oh, country music's trash or whatever. Like they just bash country music or we're not big enough artists to be on these platforms that like these pop artists or other people are on. And it's like, that's not the case. We're we sell just many tickets as them if not bigger there's a lot of people in country music doing stadiums right now. Oh yeah. So, I don't know why you're saying that not a lot of people listen to country music. And that it gets under my skin a lot.
1: Yeah. We are protective of the genre <laughs>
3: obviously,
0: but I am like We will a, like, fight you over it yeah. is what we're saying. It's just
1: it doesn't make any sense. But I think that you are helping to open those doors and expand. Mm-hmm. You are transcending so much and I mean even like you're going around the world, you're traveling. You've got Canada coming up, mm-hmm. New Zealand, Australia, UK, Europe. Have you spent much time overseas?
5: Uh, we did one tour in Europe right before COVID, and then I've never been to Australia. And then Canada is just the northern United States. Yeah. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> we love you, Canada. <laughs>
5: no, that's what I'm saying. Our family, are in. Right, you right, know right. I, mean?
1: I want to so. hear what you think when you come back. Yes, I like. Yeah. I want to like. Yep. I want to recap.
5: Well, when I went to Europe, like. It was very humbling because i went back into like little bars which i don't know if like going from arenas to a little bar it's like a whole different show yeah there's mm-hmm. like they can watch you scratch your butt whatever <laughs> like they're on yeah. top of you <laughs> uh so it was definitely different but they knew every song i played like even even songs that weren't on the radio they're singing every word and it was just so cool and they were just like so excited for us to be there that it, I don't know. It was really cool. So I'm excited to see Australia.
1: And if you need traveling correspondents to bring back content to the American media, we volunteer. We have have passports.
5: Come on. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Listen, the new album is called Different Man, available now for streaming on Amazon Music. Kane, thank you so much for coming by and hanging out. Thank you, guys. Thanks. So toward the end of our podcast, we have a rotating feature. Sometimes we rediscover an artist's early music like we did last week with Miranda Lambert. Sometimes we fan out like we've done recently with
1: Old Dominion and Walker Hayes superfans. And sometimes
0: we chat up family members of the stars in a segment we like to call Family Tree. So right now we are heading backstage on Breland's big night and listening in on Amber's conversation with Mr. and Dr. Breland, Gerard and Tanya. Now, this was less than
1: four hours before their son's first album dropped. We were about to walk into a room full of people gathered to celebrate him. And the first thing I had to know was what kind of emotions they were going through.
6: It's nothing that we could have ever imagined. Not really. I mean, we we can say, oh, we would love for him to be able to um, have a reach and an impact that is you know, life-changing for a lot of people and really make a difference. Um, But we don't really know what that looks like. It's hard for us to imagine what that's going to look
1: like until it's here. It almost seems preordained that he would do music. And when he was on our podcast, he talked all about you both, your entire family, how was music used around the house? I know that you guys are a big gospel family. You are incredible vocalists yourselves. Is it true that you guys only listened to gospel when he was growing up? <laughs> so we do think that that's a slight embellishment. Both,
6: but he and our daughter gang up on us and say that they never were allowed to listen to anything. I said that's not true. You listen to like the Disney station, and and you know maybe a little bit of like Earth Wind and Fire or Stevie Wonder, but it was. Pred- predominantly gospel because we were gospel sing, we are still gospel singers. So we met singing in a gospel choir. When we had kids, we were like, they better be able to sing, otherwise we're going to send them back. Send <laughs> so
2: <laughs> wherever back is.
1: <laughs> so they really didn't have a choice. And when did you know that Breland was like going to be something special?
2: Truthfully, I think he was kind of a late, a late bloomer. I think relative to. Maybe a sister, and and so forth and so on. It's always kind of she kind of always had him in her shadow a little bit, but she takes credit for <laughs> who he uh, has come to be. And I would probably say as he. Begin to transition out of middle school into high school, then we could sort of start to hear, you know, a little bit of of what we hear now.
6: Maybe a little sooner, because because when we did our live recording, he was 10. Oh, that's true. And he was, he was, yeah, he kind of had, he would remind you a little bit of like little Michael Jackson. Uh Uh-huh. You know, like the voice was high, like pitch was perfect. This
1: live recording that you mentioned, is it out in the world for us to find? It is. It's It's called
2: called (laughs) Sacrifice of Praise by One Flesh. Our, our stage name is One Flesh because we're married. We're One Flesh. He's on there doing a little part of a song called I Want to Worship You. It's adorable. It's tremendous. I want to
1: In that moment when he was 10, did you guys look at each other and go,
2: yes? <laughs> well, it, it, well, it was funny because it was our, our daughter didn't want to sing. On the, we did this live recording many years ago. We looked at some footage recently and I did feel really badly. I guess see like, this is terrible. But he was like, give me the, I'll sing everything. I'll take the whole line that she had whatever. He was very Confident, sure, himself. And um, I think that's kind of where he is now, so.
6: And he was always, there was always something uniquely special about him. Now, I know every parent says that about their kid. They do. But there there was something, there was a quietness about him. He was very observant as a young child. Um, He didn't always assert himself, you know, in the beginning. That really also came about in high school as well. But um, there was something just That we just, we couldn't put our finger on it, but we're like, there's something really special about him. There is something very special about him
1: and the world's finding out. And it's so exciting. It's so exciting. Now, one of the other things that he talked to us about when he was with us on our past episode is the use of the name Breland and what that means for your family. So Gerard, can you talk to us about what does that mean to you that he wants to go and use that as his stage name to honor your family?
2: It was was significant. Um, I didn't really like, key in on it initially, but, uh, you know, certain families have certain histories, you know, we're, we're no different. And, um, some things that were uniquely difficult and, and challenging and tragic even. And I think he wanted to create a more positive thought process, if you will, around, uh, you know, certain family dynamics. And he's certainly very much represented The Breeland name in ways that I don't think we could have ever imagined.
1: Now, I'm really excited for the album. It's incredible, like we expected. What are your favorite songs? I'll start with you, Tanya. Do you have a favorite song? I do have a special affinity for Cross Country
6: simply because it is his story. Mm -hmm. So that one will just always live strong in my heart. The Earworm right now is the For What It's Worth song. So, like, you know, in my head right now, I'm like, you know, For What It's Worth.
2: For What It's Worth is is classic. You know, it's got that, just that, like, as soon as you, you know, hear the chorus, it's like, that is a hit song. That's a great song. But I also like, from the fun perspective, praise the Lord and and Thick. I like them thick, 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 thick thicker than some salt and pepper. Griss, griss, gris, griss, griss, picture perfect day. Should be proud of each and every ounce. It's catchy, it's clever, it's mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. and uh,
1: It is, it's so catchy. It and the first time we heard it at the listening party, everybody was like, okay, yeah, okay. okay yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here for that. I want to know if he's going to bring you guys in on a feature, on a future song. Are you putting that bug so, in his ear?
2: Well, I don't know.
6: <laughs> he absolutely has. So... <laughs> My husband turned sixty this year, and his his he's been begging to do a song for as a birthday gift.
2: So, so, so we have to do a father, father son song, yes. a nice ballad, touch on the heartstrings. He can make it happen, and uh, so he I won't let him forget it. Yeah. Keep on him because no, we I, want no, it too. I, I, you know, and
6: I keep saying, well, what about the mother son song? And he's like. No.
2: Let's do the father-son, and then that'll be the (laughs) lead-in to the mother-son.
1: Of course. For his birthday. For his birthday. What do you each want the world to know about Breland? I want the world
6: to know that he is the real deal. Like, he's he's in it for the right reasons, and I think he understands his assignment. Um, And that assignment, bridging the gap, um, really bringing more inclusivity into this country music space, is really something that's very meaningful to him. He's always been the, the kind of young man that wanted to do things with purpose. And that's something that we've instilled in him as well, um, that you know our lives are bigger than us. We're not here just for us and for our own gain. Um, and he gets that. He's the real deal.
2: I would just add to that I'm in awe of the talent that he has as many people are, but I am as impressed with how he handles himself in a sort of professional sense in interviews and talking about a lot of you know difficult things. And he just seems very natural in that space. And that to me says as much or more about kind of who he is, his character, as much as his talent. So I would want people to know he's a very substantive young man.
6: And And while he comes across as being very confident, he remains a student of his craft and of the music. So he may come across being very confident but he's always open to learn
1: and he's continuing to learn as he grows. And I mean I can just say just from the you know getting to know him over this last year I can see all of that mm-hmm. and I think that's a reason that all of us love him so much is because he is so genuine and he is such, he's blazing trails that are very important in this genre and he's unapologetically himself mm-hmm. and we just love that about him. So thank you. Thank you for sharing him <laughs> yeah. with us
6: and thank you so much for being with us today. And thank, thank you thank for you recognizing much. the gifts that are inside of him and for, um, for showcasing him. We really appreciate that.
0: What a fun conversation with Tanya and Gerard. It's easy to tell where Breland gets his personality and joy of life. Right? They were so great.
1: Uh, And that clip of 10-year-old Breland. That boy was born to be a star. Yes, he was, for sure. And with that, we wrap up another episode of Country Heat Weekly. Next
0: week on the show, we're welcoming in Little Big Town to center stage. Kelly, where are we going to put all of them? (laughs)
1: That's the first thing I thought of. This
0: is not a big enough studio for six people. There are other places in the Amazon house. Maybe we'll gather around the bar or something. We'll figure it out. Plus, we are hopefully going to connect with a Garth fan from Switzerland who traveled to Ireland for his recent string of shows. Y'all need to make sure you're subscribed to this podcast so you don't miss it. Hit that follow button so that you get next week's show as soon as it drops. And tell all your friends and family to do the same. time for this week's burning Question. Also known as Nosy Question.
1: <laughs> that too. We ask the stars what they must have on the tour bus. Take
0: a listen to the hot takes from Jordan Davis, Haley Witters, Chris Young, Nikki Guyton, and Parker McCollum. Con bars. Dots, pretzels, and gummy bears.
4: I need coffee. <laughs> that is a, a physical requirement, I think.
3: Goldfish. For sure. (laughs) Or Cheez-Its. Those are a must-have for me.
4: A must-have on the bus that is an appropriate answer, uh, microwavable oatmeal.
1: Wait, what would an
0: inappropriate answer be? (laughs) Honestly, Amber, (laughs) I don't think we want (laughs) to (laughs) know. Country Heat Weekly is a collaborative production between Amazon Music and Nevermind Media. Executive producer is Melissa Locker. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Debbie Daughtry. Production assistance from Tim Einenkell, Annie Reuter, Madeline O'Connell, and Jeremy Chua.
1: Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. Congratulations on the write-up in Rolling Stone this week. The team for Amazon Music and Wondery includes Nathan Brackett, Michelle Kammerer, Emily Feld, Callum Plews, Emily Belote, and Jenny Tay. The executive producers for Wondery are Dave Easton and
0: Marshall Louie. Critical production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Jake, Osmo, Abby, and all the other very good dogs out there.
1: Find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. I am not a movie watcher. I am not. I just saw the original Top Gun like a
5: month I ain't going to lie to you. I did too. Okay. And I still haven't finished it.
1: The original? The first mm-hmm. one? Okay. When okay. did it come out,
5: though? I was born in 93.
1: 86. I was three when it came out. So I was like, I, did, I don't feel bad for not being able to see it. So I get yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Kelly just left the chat. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Country Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at listenerstudy.com.